0: Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling feud. Partnered with Colder Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. Alright, bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks i need the keys when I get the locks. The keys get the Hitting them wagers, locking like my pacer, doing it major, L.A. Lakers. Locks on locks on locks on locks. Locks on locks on locks on locks. I'll need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major, L.A. Lakers.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Gambling Feud. Really, really happy you can join us today. Episode eight of Gambling Feud. As always, my name is Kyle Comas. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog. And joining me, as always, my cousin at DJ Low forty four twenty two on Twitter. DJ Luge. DJ, how are we doing today? Oh, I am pumped, Kyle.
2: I'm wearing my Cubs jersey. I got my Cubs W flag. Opening day is so close. I am just pumped right now. Life is good, man. It's the weather's getting nice. Everything's going. All dubs right now.
1: All dubs. And to think just last year, like we had none of this happening right now, but just right now we got, you know, opening week for Major League Baseball on. We got the final four games on Saturday. The NBA playoffs are a couple months away. I mean, what an exciting time for sports right now. You know, you get
2: a year like last year, and it just kind of puts you in perspective to the things you missed out on. And so we missed out on March Madness. Baseball was shortened. The NBA playoffs were weird. So it, it's so good to be back to normal. And I know our, you know, our whole world isn't 100 back to normal, but we're sports wise, we're pretty close. So I'm pumped. I'm hyped. Let's get this episode going, baby.
1: Yes, sir. Let's. Before we get into a random poll, let's just talk a little bit about baseball, DJ. I mean, I'm a massive, massive Cubs fan. By far and beyond, my favorite MLB player in the league today is Chris Bryant. Ever since he's been on the Cup, he's been one of my favorite players. I love Rizzo and Contreras and all those guys, too. But Bryant, by far and away, is my uh, favorite player in baseball. Uh, I just love baseball. I've grown up around baseball my whole life. My dad coached baseball for several years and was met so many different people, like Kirk Heinrich, the NBA player. He coached him in the league before. I mean, he's just been really involved in baseball. So I've started to love baseball for it, too, and just – I'm so pumped that opening day is back. DJ, wh- what are your thoughts just about like baseball and MLB and stuff like that? Oh, uh,
2: baseball is hands down my favorite sport. There was a tweet that went around that it was like some dude watching a two zero uh, baseball game and just super geek the entire time. And that's me because I can appreciate every single pitch and shout out your Bob, your your dad, Bob, one of the best baseball minds that I know personally. I mean, Your dad knows so much. He taught me how to throw a 12 6 curve, taught me how to throw a circle change. Like your dad is a wizard when it comes to baseball. And I I see where you get it from. But yeah, no, uh, Rizzo's my favorite player. I'm repping my Rizzo jersey right now. He's my dog. Uh, He was once diagnosed with cancer, he cured it. uh, And he just, you know, he's just, he just gives you that hope. He's just a really good player, really good type of person to have around. And I just, you know, I I like to be fans of players who are also great people. And that's why I love Rizzo. I love the Cubs. I don't know if I'm very positive outlook on the Cubs this year, but I love the Cubs and I'm going to root for them every game, even though I won't be able to watch any of them because they're going to be blacked out. Uh, But no, I'm pumped. Uh, So, yeah, let's let's get into our random poll. Uh, Who is the best MLB player playing in baseball today? Uh, So not of all time, but just today's game
1: and I'll, I'll let you bat lead off kyle all right so first of all i had a fantasy baseball draft yesterday and i didn't draft this guy and but i guarantee he's top five and i mean he's just been since he's entered the league he's just been electric and that's mike trout i mean mike trout can do it all he can steal bases he can hit dingers he can field like he's one of the best at uh denying home runs that i've ever seen i mean the dude's just an all-around electric player i mean he makes baseball like if you're not a fan of baseball you got to watch this guy he's just so so exciting he is electric there's other guys you can throw in that mix you can throw in like Mookie betts you can throw in ronald acuna who i ended up drafting number one because i mean that dude's a fun player to watch but just right now in my opinion the best player in baseball today is mike trout
2: I'll spot on, you know, usually for these polls, we don't like to be in agreement just to mix it up. But we are definitely in agreement. Mike Trout, he's so good and minor, minor rant here. But the MLB is so bad at like uh, networking or kind of broadcasting their players like Patrick Mahomes is the face of literally everything. And if you don't know anything about baseball, you honestly might not know about Mike Trout, who for seven straight years has been one of the most consistent players in the league. His steals have taken a little bit of a hit, but his dingers have gone up. The dude just hits, and he's so like, he literally has no flaws. There's no flaws in his game. There's nothing where you're like, oh, he's somewhat bad at this. Almost every other player in the league has something they're bad at. Not Mike Trout. He is just Unbelievable. And I think he's one of the top five players of all time. Uh, The problem, he has no postseason experience, no postseason success, because the Angels have just sucked. They've had one of the best players, and they can't build around it. But Mike Trout, so, so good. Uh, Those other players, Mookie, you could throw in Jacob deGrom as a pitcher, Ronald Acuna, all great, great talents. Uh, But all those guys, I mean, Mookie's not as young, and neither is Jacob deGrom. But Mike Trout's been doing it seven straight years. Uh, And consistency is key in baseball because anyone can pop off one year. Look at Jose Batista popped off that one year, Uh, but being able to do it year in and year out, Mike Trout has, therefore best player in baseball, Uh, but it is debatable topic, So we will tweet that out uh, this morning. So after you listen to this and you hear us talk about this poll, you can go vote on that tweet. And if you think someone else that we didn't put on those four options, why don't you add us? And I'm sure I will always spark up a debate with anybody on Twitter, But uh, we're kind of excited. Kyle came up with this genius idea of a new segment. Kyle, why don't you tell the people about our newest segment?
1: Yeah. So me and DJ did some discussion and we're going to cut the breaking news segment. We're going to bring in a new segment called mic drop. So what mic drop is is me and DJ, the last segment kind of got on a little bit of a rant about the Iowa Hawkeyes and just about uh, basketball in general, a little bit. So mic drop is basically just one minute of us ranting about something in sports, just, some random thing that really, really grinds our gears. And we're just going to we're gonna rant to you guys. And then you guys, if you have an opinion about it, you feel free to, to tell us about it. So I'll, I'll start, DJ, because I, I really want to get this off my chest. I like it. I am going to start the one-minute timer and go. I had a fantasy baseball draft yesterday. And there's 12 guys in it. There's no time limit, first and foremost. So, OK, whatever. It took three and a half hours to do a fantasy baseball draft I went in the tub to soak because I was sick yesterday and I was in there for 30 minutes and my pick still wasn't up yet (laughs) I mean for the love if you if you know you're coming up soon you got to think okay I could potentially draft this guy this guy or this guy have three guys in your mind don't say oh crap it's my turn to come up I'm gonna just go ahead and choose my pick now you don't do that you think this is who I'm going to draft right, right here. Have some guys in mind so you don't sit there and make guys wait for 30 freaking minutes.
2: Three and a half hours is literally insane. I, How did you do it, Kyle? How did you maintain stamina to go through that?
1: I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. At about the three-hour mark, I was still in the tub. Realized I still had, we still had six rounds to go. I said, I am auto-picking. And then I found out I got freaking Andrew McCutcheon. I'm like, yep, I'm going to drop him. So that's why you don't <laughs> auto-pick. So, that oh. is EJ, I'm going to wow. give you a, I'm going to give you a one minute timer here.
2: Wait before we start. First, I want to give a shout out, Lucas Parker, our intro song guy. We try to forget to mention him every time, uh, but I just remembered, so I'm going to do it quick. Yeah, he wrote our song, Loki. Last second, did it. Great job. You can find him at Luke Seven on Apple Music, Spotify. He's got an album called Virtues. Uh, and then shout out to Kyle himself he's battling sickness right now he said he had a little bit of a stomach flu yesterday and he's battling through it for you viewers so Kyle you're a company man for gambling feud thank you so much
1: DJ I appreciate that yeah I know it was a pretty pretty rough day yesterday I got a stomach virus over the weekend had to miss work and uh, I'm still battling a little bit but I, I definitely want to do the podcast tonight so DJ I greatly appreciate that shout out
2: All right, start me on my minute,
1: baby. Let me know. All right, time starts now.
2: All right, so the newest MLB The Show 21 video game is being released, and it is being released April 20th. And if you pay extra money, you can get it April 16th. That is 15 to 20 days after opening day. I've never, ever seen a video game that gets released that late, ever. It doesn't make any sense. We were going to be two weeks into the season and still not be able to play. It's, it's absurd. It's like they didn't check the calendar. How do you not have it ready? Uh, MLB is one of the only games that I will always, always buy. I love MLB. I'm not huge into video games as much I don't have as much free time, but I still love the game every now and then. And MLB is one of my favorite. And it just makes me so mad that I have to wait two weeks.
1: Anyway, I'm
2: done. Cut me off.
1: No, you're you are absolutely right, because normally what video games should do is, like, have the game released, like, a couple weeks before the season starts, so that way you know, like, names and stuff like that and who to watch. Like, if you do, like, a, a fantasy draft and you draft a swung, you're like, well, who the heck is this? You can at least watch them and say, oh, this is who this is.
2: Preach, Kyle. Preach. You're to the choir, man. I, I don't get it. They always have been ahead of time, and now they're just two weeks later. Ugh, whatever. I hear you got some cool stats for us baseball themed as this entire podcast is opening day baseball themed. don't know if we mentioned it but i'm gonna mention it now take it away kyle
1: all right so my crazy start of the week is sponsored by muddy bites muddy bites is the end of the champ cone where it's just the cone and the chocolate it is absolutely the best part of the champ cone you can get just an entire package of just end of the champ cones from muddy bites visit MuddyBites.com to get your bag so uh, let's talk about MLB covers for 2020 that obviously like a bunch of teams have changed players and stuff like that, but just something to think about who were the best teams last year in the MLB that covered the run line. And this surprised me a little bit, but it was the Chicago white Sox and the LA Dodgers covered the, their run line, 60.3% of the time, the worst team to cover the run line in 2020, the brewers only covered 37.1% of of the time they covered the run line. Now for over under the team that actually covered the over the most last year in 2020 was the Los Angeles angels who covered 60% of the time. And the worst team at covering the over under last year was the Minnesota twins only covering the over 34.5% of the time. So just something to think about when you're going into betting some MLB this year, I can explain
2: why three of those are the way they are. First off, the White Sox either won by a ton or they didn't win. So if they were going to win, they were going to cover the run line because the run line's minus one and a half, which means you have to win by two versus the money line. The Dodgers, obviously, just insanely good last year, so that makes sense. And their division's kind of trash. Uh, the Brewers, they're a team that's only going to win by one. So, again, makes sense why they had a winning record but could never cover run lines because they're only going to win by one. That's just how they play. Uh, the Angels on hitting overs, they have – Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout, who are debatably two of the top eight players in the league. I mean, I think Mike Trout's one. I think Rendon's close to top five. And they're facing some of the worst pitchers. The Rangers, trash pitchers. Mariners, trash pitchers. And then they're also, their pitchers aren't very good. The Angels pitchers are actually trash. Uh, And so they're facing the Athletics. And the Astros were great hitters. Uh, So that makes sense. Now, the Twins, I can't explain that one. I have no idea how the Twins hit the under that much. Oh, my gosh. Because they have so many good hitters, and their pitchers aren't even that good. That does not make sense to me, Kyle. Great stat there. Wow.
1: No, yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on 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 most of those. But, yeah, no, it's just something to think about. Obviously, the teams have changed up quite a bit, so that's uh, these could be just pretty irrelevant. But it's just something to ponder, like, hey, if I'm doing an over-under, maybe I can consider this. So, uh, DJ, let's get into your pro betting tip of the week.
2: Yeah, so DJ's Pro Betting Tip of the Week, week sponsored by Looch Farms. Happy cattle come from Looch Farms, and happy cattle make the best steak. Uh, feeding the world one day, one step at a time. Looch Farms doing what we can. So I just thought I would kind of get into an interesting concept here that some people don't understand, and that's the difference between percentage of bets versus percentage of money. Uh, And so basically percentage of bets is the actual number of bets made on a certain, you know, game, whether it's over under. Uh, So if you bet five different times, you've essentially placed five different bets. Uh, Whereas the percentage of money is strictly based on the amount you're betting. So if you bet five times at $10, percentage of money is still going to be $50. The percentage is going to be unchanged, but for a percentage of bets, you would have five bets versus just one $50 one. So that's how those are different. And so you'll see some crazy stuff sometimes. There's a bunch of different websites that track both of these. Uh, So you'll see like 75% of the bets are on the over, yet only 40% of the money is on the over, which means a bunch of uneducated people who are betting you know, 25 bucks or five bucks are betting on the over. But the people with some real money, the people that are making big boy bets and that are educated and know what they're doing, they're betting on the under. Uh, So generally, percentage of money is a better indication. And generally, that moves lines more than percentage of bets. So it's just something to keep track of if you're going to look at line movement. Um, But I am excited to announce this. We have another new segment. Me and Kyle just... You know, I always check with Kyle if I have an idea, and Kyle always checks with me to see. And usually we're both like, oh, great idea, man. Because me and Kyle, we're, we're kind of idea men, aren't we, Kyle?
1: I would say so,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so we have a new segment called the Home Run Pick'em Segment. And so basically what we're doing here is each week, me and Kyle are going to choose one player. And whatever player hits the most home runs that week, then, so if my player hits more home runs than Kyle's player, I get a win. And at the end of the season, we're going to see who has more wins. And so we each only get to choose one, like, or we only get to choose a player once during the regular season. So if I choose Mike Trout week one, I cannot use him ever again, which means you have to, you know, you have to be kind of smart with it. Uh, and so, and then obviously if we do a regular season or a postseason bit, if you, you know, you're going to have to be able to double use some players. Uh, so that is our new segment I guess so Kyle lead it off who is going to be your week one
1: home run pick and player so I'm gonna save the big star players for later on in the season when they're getting warmed up a little bit I'm gonna go probably someone you're not gonna expect DJ, but I'm gonna go someone middle of the lineup who's been having a great spring training just the spring training he's at, he's had a 378 batting average, eight home runs, and 19 RBIs. I'm going to take Jock Peterson.
2: I like it, Kyle. Good move. And I'm going similar. I'm going with someone you've probably never heard of, or not never heard of, but someone like I'm saving, like I said, I'm saving my big dogs uh, for later when I have a better feel. And so I'm going Hunter Renfro. He just moved to the Cleveland Indians. The dude hits dingers. I'm hoping. I, now I don't like that Kyle chose jock. I don't like my matchup here, but Hey, it's baseball. It's random. This is no, re- no real skill at all in this pick'em contest because it is so fluky, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll both put that in. So I will enter in that. I have Hunter Renfro. You have Jock Peterson and we will roll. Uh So yeah, let's get into our main betting segment, which is a
1: little different. Kyle, you want to explain that? Yeah, for sure. So like normally what we do with our main betting segment is we take the five best games of the weekend we discuss it a little bit and we say what we think you should bet on but this betting segment, we're gonna be different we are so pumped about opening day we are gonna do our main segment is going to be an MLB futures betting so basically we're gonna talk about every single division the odds for each team to win the division give our thoughts and predictions and then uh just have a little discussion based on each of them so let's and then, of course, we'll end by talking about the World Series odds. So let's uh, start with the AL East. So, obviously, the favorites in the AL East are the Yankees at minus 200. The Rays are next at plus 400. And the Blue Jays are plus 400. Red Sox at plus 2,200. And the Orioles are plus 8,000. DJ, what are we thinking about uh, this division?
2: So, obviously, with all of the new roster changes, I went through. Well, I had some free time before the podcast, and I just looked at every single depth chart, and I ranked each division. And so the Yankees have the best hitting team and the best pitching team and on my rankings. Uh, But I have the Blue Jays as the better hitting team versus the Rays, and the Rays is the better pitching team. Uh, So I think value-wise, the Rays or the Blue Jays, uh, if I were to lean, I would say the Blue Jays, just because they're stupid young, so they have that ability to pop off. Uh, As my value bet, as my lock, I mean, I guess the Yankees, they're just stupid good, and they're probably going to win the division. Uh, It's really tiered, though. I mean, the Red Sox and Orioles have no chance, like literally none, no chance of ever winning that division. So it's one of those top three. Like I said, value-wise, I think I'd go Blue Jays at plus 400. uh, But lock-wise, I'm locking it in. Yankees are going to win. They just bully that division, and yeah. Yeah that's it's simple what do you got Kyle
1: I I'm on a very similar trend as you first of all DJ if we're going to talk if we're going to talk about the Orioles I mean I I love my dad my dad my dad's a Orioles fan he's been an Orioles fan for a long long time Cal Ripken Jr. is his favorite player I mean but oh my goodness if you're if your cleanup batter is Ryan Mountcastle (laughs) I mean for the love it's over but I mean, let's all joking aside, looking at the Yankees lineup, I mean, the, that first five with DJ LeMay, Hugh batting batting leadoff, Aaron Judge batting second, Aaron Hicks batting third, John Carlos Stain batting fourth, Gleyber Torres batting fifth. And then just a first two pitching staff of Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber. I mean, holy crap. That is just. Unbelievable, like like you said, DJ. Yankees winning this division is a lock in my opinion. But if you want to go value, I really like the Rays. I think okay. just uh, with uh, Austin Meadows and Brandon Lowe, I think those two are gonna surprise some people this year as far as how good they do. And then their pitching staff isn't too shabby with Tyler Glasnow, Michael Walker, uh, Chris Archer. I mean, that's a that's fairly solid. So I'm I with you, DJ. I think the Yankees winning the division is a lock. But I think the value there is the Rays and love you, dad. But Orioles, they're plus 8000 for a reason.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Spot on. And yeah, I 100 uh, percent I agree with that. And I think the only difference for me was Blake Snell not being a Ray. If Blake Snell was on the Rays, I would 100 percent agree with you, Rays. But since they don't have him, that's why I went Blue Jays. But either way, both great takes. Uh, should we move on to the next AL division?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about the AL Central here, DJ. The favorite to win the AL Central is the White Sox at minus 120, then followed by the Twins at plus 135, the Indians at plus 800. Uh, Our man T. Paulson is going to be on a little bit. His Royals are plus 3,500, and the Tigers are plus 6,000. DJ, what do we think about this division?
2: First, just like the previous one, every division is tiered, so Royals and Tigers, no chance. I really do think the Royals have a good young core, pitching wise and hitting wise, but this isn't their year. Uh, secondly, I'm just going to eliminate one of the teams that has no value, and that's the Twins plus 135. I really don't like the Twins lineup this year. They let go of Eddie Rosario, and Eddie Rosario is so good. He can hit, he's a lefty, hits insane power against righties, and he hits great contact against lefties, but not to mention, Rosario's one of the best outfielders, like throwing dudes out. He led an assist, multiple dudes got a cannon, plays a great outfield, and they got some goofball I don't even know who it is in there for him. And that's that's gonna be huge for them, honestly. I don't think the Twins pitching staff is that good. I have them ranked as the third best pitching staff in that division. And so, my value pick is the Indians at plus 800 because I have their pitching staff as number one. Uh they have what Please, uh god what's the big guy? I can't think of his name. Beaver. Yeah, yep, yep. Beaver, beaver, and god, there's one other one. But anyway, um Indians pitching staff is the best pitching staff in that division. The White Sox are the best hitting team in that division. That's why they're the favorite. So lockwise, I think the White Sox win the division. Uh, which is kind of obvious with the minus 120. But value-wise, if you want to value bet, I, I think the Indians run the tables this year. They got some good hitters. I, I think they were the ones who got Eddie Rosario, now that I think about it. Uh, that's like 85% probability of being right. Uh, but, yeah. so And their pitching staff, pitching wins. Yeah, so they have Eddie Rosario. Kyle, our stat man, we got a stat guy. He confirmed it, our research guy. And they have the best pitching staff, hands down. Their starting staff way better than any others. Uh, So yeah,
1: Indians plus 800 is my value. You know, you, you and I are going to be agreeing definitely here because I have the Indians at my value too. I mean, Shane Bieber is very, very underrated. I think just for how good I think he's going to do this year. I think Jose Ramirez and Eddie Rosario batting three, four is going to be really, really solid for them. I think they'll give the white Sox run for their money. I mean, but I mean, we're looking at the white Sox. I mean, Tim Anderson, Adam Eaton, Jose Abreu, is it Johan Mancada, and, yep. Yasm- and Yasmani Grandal? I mean, those first five, and then you got like a pitching staff of Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keiko and Lance Lynn. I mean, I'm gonna agree with you, DJ. I think the White Sox winning this division is my lock. But if you want to go value, I definitely think the Indians are are the value pick in this division.
2: I I tweeted it about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. I said the White Sox have the, like, youngest core that if the the franchise builds around it, they will win a World Series in the next 10 years, which obviously that's very broad and very long. But the White Sox have so many insane young hitters. I mean, you mentioned most of them. You got Eloy Jimenez. You got Yohan Mikado. Like, they just hit last year. It was insane. Uh, they have some great young pitchers as well. Uh, God, What's their – Starting pitcher, I can't – I'm blanking on his name now too. White Sox? Yeah, they're ace. Oh, it's going to drive me insane. Gialito. Yeah, Giolito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, they have Giolito. I mean, their young core is insane, and they're already producing at this level. I just hope the White Sox screw it up because as a Chicago Cubs fan, I hate the White Sox. Um, but, Yeah. That's I believe that the White Sox could easily win a World Series in the next seven years if they manage this core correctly, because they're
1: so talented. It's unbelievable. But cut me off, Kyle. Let's go to the next division. Yeah, no, I'm going to say one thing real quick, too, about the White Sox, too. I am absolutely with you, DJ. I hate the White Sox. Obviously, everyone who listened to this pod know that Andrew McCutcheon is my least favorite MLB player of all time. But a very, very close second is A.J. Brzezinski. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, I hate him too. So I, I get that. Yep.
1: Very, very close. Second, but we're going to cut each other off here because I know yep. not can
2: Cut them off like karate.
1: Can, can go <laughs> on a rant about that. So let's go to the AL, AL West. So the uh, actually, the favorite two in the AL West is tied between the Astros and the Athletics at plus 130. You got the Angels at plus 375. The Mariners at plus 3,000. And the Rangers at plus 7,500. DJ, what do we think?
2: So, again, tiered. Mariners, Rangers, no chance. Mariners have a great young core. Rangers, kind of a hellfire. I mean, they're just terrible. But I don't know how the Athletics and Astros are the same. I mean, my rankings have the Astros as the lead one. Uh, I would think the Astros were minus money. They have the better pitching staff. Hitters, they're just more balanced. The Athletics have the most underrated hitters, other than like the Rays. The Athletics have hands down the most underrated hitters. Athletics play great defense. Their pitching staff is very solid. So I have the Athletics as the second best pitching team in the division behind the Astros, and I have them as the third best hitting. And the reason why I have them as the third best hitting is because the Angels have Anthony Rendon, and they have Mike Trout, and then to throw on top of that, David Fletcher. Dude doesn't swing at balls. If you throw a ball, David Fletcher will not swing at it. They have this new young guy, first base, Jared Walsh. They have the man's. We know, I know, we love him, Kyle Dexter Fowler. I mean, yeah. the Angels, Angels got a lot of, lot of solid teams. So I actually have the Angels as my value bet, and I think the Astros are locked to win this division. I don't even think it's close. The Athletics are gonna come close. They're gonna make the playoffs. They always do. Uh, but they're just not going to have enough. They just have too many like good guys, whereas the Astros have a lot of great guys. And I really don't want people thinking I like the Astros. I hate the Astros. Every part of their little run to win the World Series. I hate everything to do with the Astros. I I yeah, I despise of the Astros, their little cheating gate, and the the whole buzzer thing, a bunch of B.S., I made a ton of money in the world series when they did all that. So I'm okay with it, but still I hate it and I hate them. And yeah, that's, that's my take.
1: You know, DJ, it's, it's good. Like I pay attention to MLB quite a bit too, but definitely not as much as you do. So it's, it's good when we agree on these things because Astros is my lock too. I mean, Altuve, Bregman, Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, and then you got, Zach Grinky and McCullers on your pitching staff. I mean, that's, that's crazy, but you nailed it right on the head with the a- angels with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. And you got the man, Albert Pujols, Dexter Fowler, <laughs> uh, Shohei Ohtani. Can't forget about him. He's, yep. gonna, I think he's going to be, uh, have one of his better years this year. So I like the angels, the value pick as well, but like, like, you said, and we've agreed on the past three divisions. I think that um, the Astros are a lock to win this division.
2: Kyle, we are either the two smartest people, or we are just thinking like everybody else
1: does. I don't know which it is. I think we're the smartest, but it could be either. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, we'll see what happens. But let's go to the National League, shall we? So we got the NL East. Let's talk about first. So four standings. We got the Mets and the Braves are tied for first, uh, best odds at plus one forty. The Nationals are next at plus six fifty. The Phillies at plus eight fifty, and the Marlins at plus two thousand five hundred. DJ, what do we think?
2: So I have the Mets as clear cut number one in this division. Uh, their pitching staff is insane. You know, you know what you're getting out of Degrom. He's he's literally the Mike Trout version of pitcher. Like he's just done it for like three or four seasons in a row now and as pitcher that's more insane than a hitter doing it for 7 which Mike Trout's done. It's it's so tough. I mean we saw Jake Arrieta do it that one year with the Cubs where he just spazzed and then he just, you know, you have to regress. It's so hard as a pitcher. So I and but the Mets hitters, the Mets have so many hitters so I have the Mets as uh, the number one pitching team in the division and then I have them tied with the Braves for the number one uh hitting team. The Braves have so many hitters that it's unbelievable. I mean, you got Freddie Freeman, you got Acuna, you got uh, Ozuna, you got Ozzy, uh, Ozzy, Ozbies or what? Ozzy's. Why can't I think of his name? Albies. Yeah, Albies. Uh, that was close. Uh, yeah, the Braves have so many hitters, so I do have them tied because the Mets have a ton of hitters. I mean, Pete Alonso is a beast. They have Conforto. I mean, so many others. I can go on a list, but my value bet is the Nationals at plus six fifty. Uh, There, I think the Nationals have the second best pitching staff in this division, debatably the best pitching staff uh, with Scherzer and Strasburg. And then there, I think they have a couple other solid guys in there and the Nationals can hit. They're not bad at hitting. Uh, They have a couple weak spots that the Mets and Braves don't have. Um, I think the Phillies at plus 850 is embarrassing. Like, that, that the Phillies have no chance of winning that division. Their pitching staff, garbage. They have Aaron Nola, who was terrible last year. I'm assuming he'll bounce back and be good. Other than him, trash. Um, the Phillies hitting lineup, they have some decent guys. I still think Bryce Harper is one of the most overrated players. Uh, Marlins at plus 2,500 is a joke. So I think my value bets the Nationals, and my lock is the Mets, which sounds crazy,
1: but that's what I'm going with. This is going to be a division we disagree on, DJ. Okay. So I I absolutely, without a doubt, agree that the Mets uh, pitching staff is the best in the division, no doubt, with DeGrom and Stroman and guys like that. So I don't disagree with you there. I do think, though, that the Braves' uh, line batting lineup is – slightly above the Mets with the Acuna, Albies, Freeman, Ozuna, Travis DeArna, Dansby Swanson, guys like that. So I'm actually going to have my lock to win the NL East to be the Braves and my value pick. And you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I like the Phillies kind of as a value pick. First of all, they have McCutcheon, which he can eat my shorts, but that's another story. And then we got, uh, <laughs> Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Didi Gregorius. I mean, those are some pretty decent guys, in my opinion. And then uh, you you said it earlier that got Nola and Zach Wheeler, Matt Moore. Not bad pitchers, but I think, like you said, they were terrible last year. They might have a bounce back year this year. So I'm actually going to differ with you. I'm going to take the Braves as my lock to win this division. I'm going to take the value pick being the Phillies. I forgot – Francisco Lindor now plays for the Mets that was my
2: deciding factor the Mets already could hit and now they added Francisco Lindor they have Dominic Smith who no one knows about yeah I this division was probably the toughest for me other than maybe the NL Central uh, the other ones I thought were pretty easy but this one was tough because the Braves and Mets both are very similar like you said I think the Braves might be slightly better hitting uh Mets clearly are better pitching and then you have the National Wild Card in there where they're good at pitching, not as good at hitting and then you have the Phillies who are legit wild cards. I mean, they do have a lot of weird pieces that could definitely flow together. So that one is interesting, but let's let's go a little bit of a, you know, near our heart, the NL Central. Uh what do we got there for odds?
1: Yeah, so the NL Central we got the Cardinals who are favored at plus 105, the Brewers at plus 320, Reds plus 375 cubs plus 475 and man i love seeing this the pirates plus plus seven thousand five hundred. dj what do we think
2: first off the pirates are an embarrassment to this division on the other hand the other four teams are up for grabs i think out of those three or out of those four the cubs have the least likelihood um the thing i like about the cubs is they have the most potential for a bounce back season chris bryant Worst year ever, Javi, worst year ever, um, Rizzo, worst year ever, Wilson Contreras. I mean, all those guys had literally their worst year ever last year. So they're all due for bounce back. So the Cubs hitting lineup could be insane. But then we get into the Cubs pitching lineup, and it's gross. I looked at our starting rotation, and I almost cried, and not out of joy, out of sadness. It was so bad. They used to be so good, and now they're terrible. We let go John Lester, and I just love Lester. I think Kyle Hendricks is insane. I think Kyle Hendricks is one of the most underrated pitchers. But after that, Zach Davies, never been a fan of. Um, blanket on who our third is. Arietta, I yeah, love. Yeah, Trevor I, Williams. Yeah, Trevor Williams. Never really been a huge fan of him at Pittsburgh. I always thought he had like a four-year array, which I'm assuming if I looked it up, he did. And uh, Jake Arrieta, love him. He's great. I hope he has a great bounce back year. Albert Azalea, I think Albert Azalea is such a good young pitcher and I'm very like positive on him. But when our two and three are Zach Davies and um,
1: Arrieta,
2: Arrieta, no, 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 Trevor Williams. I think that I think that Arrieta is four on the depth chart. But either way, when, when you have Trevor Williams and Zach Davies, I just I don't like that at all. Um, and so that's why I'm not on the Cubs this year. I think the Cubs hitting will bounce back, but the pitching's going to be gross. I hate to say this. It, it, it hurts me a little bit, but I think my lock is the Cardinals. Uh, I think with adding Aaron, Aaron Ado, they still have Goldsmith. They have some good pitchers uh, with uh, Flaherty, Miles, Miles, whatever, Michaelis or whatever. I never can say it, Moustakas, whatever the heck. Anyway. Um, you know who I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. I, either, yeah,
2: so yeah. English is hard, man. English is hard. Um, so yeah, those. I, I think the I have the Cardinals is the best hitting team by far, uh, just because they have Arenado, Goldsmith. Um, they just they have a lot. They're just well rounded They don't have many weaknesses hitting. I mean, they have that Tommy Edman. They have that goofball who plays outfield is really good um pitching wise i have the division as a three-way tie i think the cardinals brewers and reds are all tied pitching wise uh the cardinals have a couple good guys up top but then they're kind of weak in the pen and weak at their lower end brewers same way brewers is like just consistently average they just have four dudes who are just like eh. they'll probably give up like three or five runs um and then the reds have two really good guys uh castillo and sony gray but then after that hard fall off. I mean, Tyler malls, their third pitcher and he's not good. Yeah. Um, so I have those three as all ties. So I guess to wrap it up quick, Cardinals are my lock to win this division. I think they're the most well-rounded I think they're going to be able to hit and they just play well, which makes me mad. But I think my uh, value bet is going to be the reds. The reds kept all the same hitters they had last year and they were great at hitting last year. Um, you know Joey Votto, Mike Moustakis, that Suarez cat. They have a couple other guys who are solid at hitting, and then they have, like I said, Sony Gray, Luis Castillo. Um, I want to say they added Sean Doolittle, and that's why I like him a lot. But I could be wrong there. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I got to go. Reds is my value. Cardinals as my lock.
1: I, I like it, DJ. You know, I was thinking about it, too. I w- I was looking, like, at all these rotations and at the batting line, and stuff like that. And I looked at the Cubs rotation. I was thinking, you know, at one point, our rotation was Lester, Arrieta, Hendricks, John Lackey, and then, oh, God, I can't remember the fifth guy, but just those four was, was just crazy. So that really, really hurt me. But I'm still going to take the Cubs as my value pick. I know I'm a Cubs fan. People are like, oh, you're just saying this is you're a Cubs fan. No, I really mean it. Cause I mean, adding Jack Peterson to the lineup, I think is going to help tremendously. I don't think Bryant Rizzo and Contreras and Javi are going to play as bad this year as they were last year. So I think that the Cubs are going to be the value pick for this year. Obviously I hope the pitching is better, but it's not looking too hot right now. So I'm still taking them as a value pick merely because of their hitting. And then I'm with you, DJ. The Cardinals is my lock. Now, Jack Flaherty is their starting pitcher. Fun fact for you, DJ. I actually, with my family, went to Busch Stadium uh, and watched uh, Jack Flaherty throw his first first game and get his first win. Wow. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. He pitched, I believe seven innings and only gave up a run or something like that got a standing ovation. It was crazy. And then Aaron Hicks comes in the game, throws the fastest pitch in MLB history.
2: Yeah. um, I have a definitely mixed feeling on some of the uh, Cardinals bullpen, Um, but I try and separate my bias, so I won't get into it, but that division has to be the most up for debate. I mean, I guess you could say maybe the NL East, uh, but the Cardinals are kind of the lead dog, but man, the Brewers and Reds and Cubs aren't far behind. Yeah. Um, and I think the Cubs are going to be more offensive oriented than defense, which is why I don't like them. I prefer to you know, run it down with pitching, uh, mow teams down by not giving up any runs and then scoring enough just to win. So that's why I don't like the Cubs strategy this year of out hitting teams. So, I, yeah, it, it hurts to say it, but, yeah, that's – the NL Central will be the most fun division to watch this year. That that
1: You heard it here first. Without a doubt. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, th- now we go from a pretty competitive division, DJ, to a not very competitive as far as odds goes. The NL West is the last division we're going to talk about before we move on and talk about the World Series odds. And in the NL West, we got the Dodgers are favored to win at minus 250 – The Padres at plus 200 then big drop off with the Diamondbacks at plus 4,000. The Giants at plus 4,000 and the Rockies at plus 7,500. DJ, what are your thoughts in this division?
2: If you bet on the Diamondbacks, the Giants or the Rockies to win that division, I think you should be checked into a men's institution. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. Like the, the Dodgers or the Padres are winning this. So it's pretty simple. The Dodgers are my lock, but they're minus 250, so they can't be my value. And my value is the Padres. Um, I have the Dodgers as the best hitting and the best defensive team, best pitching team. I have the Padres as the second uh, offensive team and the second uh, pitching team. Uh, I think it just comes down to bullpen. Uh, The Dodgers have a better bullpen. And then hitting wise, the Padres have a couple of gaps. Uh, What's that? Taylor guy or whatever they have no it's not Taylor Grishman they have that Trent Grishman or whatever is one of their outfielders whereas like the Dodgers don't have a gap like that where they have a guy who I'm just like I don't like him out there uh so yeah the Dodgers are hands and away better but the Padres loaded up this offseason I mean man they got Snell in there and they got every I mean they just they're going all in on this team uh that is for sure And then they added the man's Victor Carantini who I think one of the most underrated backup catchers. I mean, he's a switch hitter hits from both sides, former Cub, I love him. I think he's such a great player. So I definitely think the Padres could easily make a run at winning this division, but statistically the Dodgers have just dominated this division. I mean, 2016 when the giants were good was that or was, it, was i think it would have been 2015 then or whatever i think it was 2016 but anyway back when the dot or the giants were good in like that 20 because they won it in 2012 then they won it in 2014 then they won it in 2016 those are they did like every even year that the giants won it so back then but the last four years the Dodgers have just dominated this division it's kind of embarrassing uh but I, i'm excited to see the padres actually good um i once went to a game at the pod at the padres field and a grand slam was hit and it hit the over and i bet on the over and it was so cool
1: nice
2: yeah it was lorenzo Kane, baby bat he was it was royals versus padres lorenzo Kane, goes yard dinger it was like an eight run inning it was like two zero before this inning and i was like oh boys it's the eighth inning i have no chance hitting this over grand slam overhead i was freaking out it was awesome but anyway kyle what do you got
1: yeah, I tell you what, though, DJ, I went to the Padres uh, stadium, too. And let me tell you what, the, the Padres, when I went there, were extremely bad. I mean, like, Will Myers was the only guy they really had. Anybody else, I didn't even know who they were. Like, when I, what I would like to do when I go to MLB games, stadiums, is I like to buy a jersey, of my favorite player. So, like, when I went to the Rays, I bought an Evalon Goria jersey. When I went to the Rockies, I bought a Troy Whiskey jersey, stuff like that. I couldn't find a jersey of a current player on that Padres team. (laughs) Like that's how bad they. That's a better. I I would have bought a Will Myers jersey because he probably back then was my favorite player. But just how much they've grown since then. I mean, Fernando Tatis. I mean, is what Tatis. I'm sorry. There you go. I got corrected about that several times. Tatis is just gonna be a superstar in the league. Machado, Hosmer, Will Myers, and then like you said. You Darvish and Blake Snell. These guys are really, really solid, and they're a value pick for sure. But like you said, DJ, the Dodgers. I mean, Mookie, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Bellinger, and then you got uh, Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, and then Kenley Jansen as a closer. I mean, this team is going to win the division for sure, but Padres are definitely a value pick in the fact that they could beat the Dodgers, and the Dodgers could get it a wild card.
2: Yep. Oh, easily. Easily could happen. And then the Dodgers could run the tables there. I mean, that's why I love baseball. You just never know what's going to happen because it is a 162-game season. Just nutty how many games they play.
1: Yep. So, all right. So, that's our takes on each of the divisions. Before we get into the guest pick-em, DJ, let's talk World Series odds. So, for World Series odds, as of right now, the top uh six I got here, we got Dodgers at plus 350 Yankees at plus 550 Padres plus 900 Mets plus a thousand Braves plus a thousand White Sox plus a thousand what are your your thoughts and uh, predictions for the World Series
2: so lock wise I hate to say this but I think I'd actually go Yankees just because plus 350 for a World Series winner isn't that much and the Yankees have They haven't done anything in the playoffs in a while. Like they haven't, I mean, they haven't been a World Series in a while. It's been nutty. So I think they're due, and their team is insane. They're stacked, literally stacked with talent. Uh, But my true value bet, so my lock is the Yankees. I think, I think the Yankees actually have a serious chance of winning it this year, Uh, and especially over a 162 game season. I think their talent prevails through injuries and stuff. They're always going to have dudes in lineup who can hit dingers, but my value bet and it's gonna sound crazy I think I'm going Mets at plus a thousand they have the best pitching staff one of the best pitching staffs in the league Jacob degrom is a beast and they have so many young hitters they they have a lot of great fielders like they play great defense um I yeah I really like the Mets at plus a thousand and if you want to be conservative I like the Yankees at plus 550. I really don't think the Padres are going to be able to get by the Dodgers. Like, I just I just don't see it. You don't you don't go from not being relevant in the playoffs to just popping off one year. It just doesn't work like that. Uh, so the Padres will make a run in the playoffs. They'll do some stuff this year maybe. Uh, but the Dodgers have that playoff. You know, they've been there. They've done that. Whereas none of the Padre players have. Uh, so that's why I think the Dodgers come out of the NL – But if they don't, it's going to be the Mets and it's because the Mets have better pitching, better, just young talent. And the AL, I think is kind of weak this year. I mean, what the only two teams on here are the Yankees and the White Sox. And I I don't really respect the White Sox pitching staff. They're decent, like, but they're just not a they're not a World Series winner. So I'm going Yankees. I'm going Mets. I'm going to – it's going to be a New York, New York World Series. You heard it here first way before even the first pitch starts of the opening season. You heard it here first, New York, New York, and the Yankees are bringing it home. But if you want to risk it, the Mets are bringing it home, baby.
1: I like it, DJ. I like those bold predictions like that. So I'm with you with the AL and who I think is going to win, and I'm going Yankees. I just think that pitching staff is – contenders for sure to win the world series i think they can do it in the postseason i really really i really have always liked garrett cole i think he's gonna be a side i'm gonna make a prediction right now dj i think garrett cole is gonna win the cy young in the al wow
2: i mean i would say it's bold but the numbers i mean he doesn't have to face jacob Degrom. who else is gonna beat him i it's a it's a smart prediction he lit it up last year great call great call
1: so I'm going to make that call today. But, yeah, I'm going Yankees at plus 550 as my lock to win it. But my my value pick, I'm going to differ with you, DJ, like we differed in the NL East. I'm going to go the Braves as my value. I know uh, pitching-wise they may not be quite up to par, but I think just the hitting they can make a run. And just with runs, I think that the pitching starts to gain a little confidence and start to pitch a little better. So I think the Braves could very easily give – uh, the Dodgers and Padres and Mets are run for their money, so I'm going to take the Yankees to win the World Series at plus five fifty. But I'm going to have my value pick, pick beat the Braves at plus a thousand.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. I uh, yeah, the Braves lineup, the Braves lineup is something that I wish I would have if I was a GM because they have so much young talent, and their pitchers are pretty young with Soroka and Freed. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, Kyle.
1: So that is our cover of the Major League Baseball. We're both excited for opening day. So uh let's transition now to our guest pick'em.
2: And on to our next segment, the guest pick'em. We've had a lot of guests and they're all competing to partake in our March Madness Edition Elite Eight. Version where we are going to seed our pickers. The best eight get seated based on how they finished and they will compete in a contest. Uh, basically, to get in this contest, you have to be on the, sh- the podcast and you get to choose from five games. You get five units per game. And the top eight, like I said, are going to compete in this contest. And that'll happen sometime near December. It's kind of TB- TBD at this point. Uh, so just is our standings right now. We got Alex Long, a.k.a. Leroy, at plus 10.6 units. Soup, a.k.a. Josh Campbell, 8.1 units. Tyler DeVos, the founder, basically, of Muddy Bites, at plus 4.38 units. Brody Carr at 3.74 units. JT at a minus 0.74 units. Eric Looch, the face of Looch Farms at a minus 4.36 units, and Polk Nation at a rough minus 7.64 units. Uh, So today we have a
1: very interesting guest, Kyle, and this guy go way back. Kyle, take it over, man. You know, you you said it right, DJ. I mean, we go way back all the way to, like, elementary school, and with us today is a legend in Lamar. Everybody will know this guy's name. This guy helped lead Lamar's along with two – several other guys to a state title that they haven't been in since 1940 this guy is just a great guy and a legend today we have tyler paulson t paulson three how we doing buddy
3: doing good man i
1: appreciate you guys having me on how are you guys doing doing all right doing all right so uh tell us what are you what are you doing nowadays tyler what are you up to
3: so i'm actually working up at a at american state bank in orange city working as like a loan processor there. So it's been going good. I've been there about a year and a half now. So like the people I work with, so the days go by quick and can't complain about that, I guess. But
1: better than the old insurance gig, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember you tried to set me up with a little life insurance there for a while. There, I was one of the first people you, you talked to about that.
3: Yeah, I'm sure that was pretty annoying because... It felt it felt like I was a burden reaching out to people, so I can about imagine how it was on the receiving end.
1: It was it was a lot to, to take in, but I was I was glad to help you out. But one thing I really wanted to talk about with you, and I mean, this is something you and I both got to experience. We led, or I didn't do anything. I was a manager, but you started and uh, led Lamar's to a state a state uh, tournament for the first time in quite a long time. Ended up beating. Uh, Gosh, who we play that first round? The first round game was Dallas-Center Grimes. Dallas-Center Grimes, there you go. We ended up beating them. We ended up beating uh, number one seed, it was Williamsburg, correct? Williamsburg in double overtime. In double OT, I remember that. And then we ended up losing to uh, Dubuque Waller in the state championship by, I believe, eight points. But, I mean, Dubuque Waller had, like, Riley Till, who went to Iowa. They had uh, Cordell Pimsel, who Paulson has some – feelings about but he went to Iowa and uh, I mean so just kind of tell me about that a little bit what did you uh, what did you think about that whole experience being down there
3: yeah the whole experience obviously was probably the highlight of high school I mean just being down there with the guys and playing basketball and we were obviously playing as good as we could at the right time and to be able to win that first round game especially T was in foul trouble so a lot of people forget about that. That was actually the stat sheet. It looked like, I, mean, I think I had like 20 some points, but I think I shot 15 or 20 free throws at the line that game. So I uh, kind of made my hay there. But otherwise, I mean, beating Williamsburg in double OT, I mean, holy cow. That is the that is one that will go down, man, the one seed. We probably should have lost it in regulation. Mm-hmm to come back and force overtime and then they had a shot to win it at the end of the first one that if you ask Davis, Kazel, Irwin they all say from the bench that thing looked like it was going down Mm. looked like it was going
1: down and we were going home and I remember when we when we beat Williamsburg so people don't know is like we were up probably like six or eight points and uh, one of our starters throws a football pass to our center, Tyler Burgess, who dunks it to win to basically exclamation point to get us to the championship. Our bench storms the court and you could feel the court shake because that place is just so rowdy and stuff like that. I mean, it was indescribable how amazing that was. Yeah, it was
3: incredible. Shout out to Alex Walker. the He used to be the channel nine guy. He was underneath the underneath the basket for that film and he had right when T dunked it and then I come around the corner and me and T just both jump up and then you see the bench coming after. And I mean, that moment right there, you when you know you're going to the state championship game.
1: Whew. It, it, still, it still gives me chills, but I think the one thing you and I would agree on that probably we wish didn't happen to the state tournament was every time a player gets called for a foul, the camera goes right at that player that gets called for a foul. And I don't know if you guys knew much of the, Anything about the Lamar starters? But the Lamar starters, when they got called for a foul and they disagreed with it, they did not say probably things they should have said.
3: Yeah, not a fan. And that's funny that you actually say that because when me and Sitz were re-watching one of the games a few years ago, I I took a video on my phone. We were playing Williamsburg. And there's two minutes to go in the game and we're down by two. And they call a foul on me on Adam Klein's going to the line and they cut to the camera and I'm at the free throw line going like this, looking at Klein. And I just shake my head like this. There's no way just cuts right to us. But yeah, so I, uh, I'm sure there were some moments where I probably hope I wasn't on camera because I probably said some things that I
1: don't want people at home seeing. Yeah, uh, that was so funny. But I mean, that Lamar's team just, was unbelievable. You know, you ended up going to Morningside, played Played basketball there. We had Tyler Borchers, who was a three-year starter at Morningside, he was the first-team All-American NAIA. We had Caleb Klein, who uh, went to South Dakota, played there for a little bit. He's now the grad assistant at the University of Arkansas.
3: We shout had Trent.
1: I just, just got to get that out. Shout out the Hogs and shout out my boy Klein. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, shout out God. Caleb Klein. What a great guy. I'm glad he got to experience that. Uh, that team also had... Trent Hillbrands, who was a three-year starter at Northwestern. He's having a, he had a great season. I think he had an injury that ended his uh, senior year. So hope he's doing well with that. And then we had, well, people seem to forget about, we had Pete Meese, who was just as tall as uh, Tyler Borges. I mean, he was just, he's, he's one guy, he's so humble, but like when he got fired up, I mean, there was nothing, nothing better.
3: Yes. Yep. Exactly. To see the joy on someone like Pete's face, like, oh, and I love Pete. We'll always love that man, but I will never forget the time at Sergeant Bluff when he had that. I'll I'll credit him with a dunk. It was close enough for for me to call that a dunk, but I just remember hearing the crowd and, oh, man, I just felt so good for him. But I bet he was on a roll just along for the ride and having a blast. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. No, that was... That team was so fun. And I know I'm forgetting a bunch of people too, but just shout out to that team, to the coaching staff that we had. What, what an experience! But let's uh let's transition a little bit into like the the sports realm, I guess. So what uh what sports teams are you a, a fan of, and that you root for?
3: So I'm a diehard, first and foremost favorite team, favorite sport, diehard Steelers, all the way. Pittsburgh Steelers fan since I knew what a football was, since I knew what sports were. All I remember was Big Ben. I was, that was when I was a Steelers fan. Big Ben was just coming into the league.
1: Nice, nice. And then uh, baseball, basketball, oh. what else do you like? Yep, baseball, Kansas City Royals fan,
3: and probably an Arizona Diamondbacks fan because my dad lives in Phoenix and just been to like four or five of their games. So their stadium's pretty sweet. Um, and then NBA. Uh, I don't know I go back and forth in the NBA I'm not huge on it like I said I'm we'll get more into it into the playoffs but I'm a Suns and a uh, 76ers fan probably just Suns because I grew up on Steve Nash and that was like my all-time favorite player wore number 13 because he was 13 so just got to carry the Suns and then I was a big Allen Iverson fan back in the day too so just follow those team, those two teams a little more close
1: you know, those are those are two great guys to look up to, especially a guy, a guard like you who uh, looks up to guys like that. I mean, I I don't blame you one bit with liking those two guys. So, uh,
3: yep, those pro- are guys. And then I'd say for like, obviously, like college basketball, college football. I'm an, I'm a Haw- Hawkeye fan. Um, but NHL. So this is a funny story. I was actually in Vegas summer I turned 21 in 2018 which was the summer before vegas became a team in the fall of 2018 and i didn't know shit about hockey at the time so i was like screw it this team this team's never been in the league i was like i'm gonna hop on this bandwagon no one knows about them what do they do the first year they go to the freaking stanley cup finals so then after that i started uh paying attention to hockey a little bit and i actually got a couple uh couple jerseys over here got a gold uh mark stone and a jonathan marsh so got my fellas now I'm, I'm all in on the hockey love the hockey
1: i i didn't expect you'd be you'd be in on the hockey so that's that's something i even didn't know about yeah
3: oh yeah dude i'm all the way in on the pucks got, especially dude there's nothing like i'm not kidding nhl playoffs Whew. dude
1: i i agree wholeheartedly that's like it i try to get to watching, like, regular season, but you're absolutely right. When it's Stanley Cup playoff time, like, I'm absolutely, like, all eyes on the TV. Yep, yep. Speaking of
3: hockey, that college hockey game the other night went to, like, five overtimes. You guys see that?
1: Mm-hmm. That was – how can you, you – you better be devoted those two teams to stay up and watch that whole thing. Dude, I think about their legs, dude. They go 20-minute OTs every time. They did four. They played a whole game after the first game. See, that's they need to they need to implement shootouts. Then if that's the case, because
3: we got to think after three overtimes, hey, let's give the fellows a break. Maybe let's go to a shootout instead.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No doubt. So, uh, you know, this is a sports betting podcast, so I gotta ask you, like, what got you into sports betting? Like, what sports? I know you said you gotta interesting sport that you and a couple of your buddies went on a run on so tell us a little bit about like what sport what got you into sports betting and what sports you like to bet on so funny enough i actually got my first endeavor into
3: sports betting when i was a sophomore at morningside me and andrew semadeni shout out to him uh we thought that you know us two young college kids we could beat the books you know wouldn't be a problem Funny enough, we, uh, so that was at the time where betting wasn't legal. So we actually had like a bookie in Sioux city that like he gave us this website. We sign in at the end of the week, plus or minus, you go meet the guy somewhere. So first week we won. So you meet up a hundred or down a hundred, right? More than a hundred. He'll pay you down more than a hundred. You got to come and pay him. So the first week we get paid like $107. (laughs) We're on top of the world right now. We get like, $56 a piece whatever that math adds up to be and we're like oh this is easy why don't we get into this sooner and we never got paid ever again from the bookie after that point that was the only time we ever got paid until we ended up quitting like (laughs) six months later so then I I went on a hiatus from like junior year and I actually just got back in like NFL season this year so like now I'm smarter and like not as dumb as I was back then but yeah so at first it wasn't very fun but now it's more responsible when you actually have a job and a little
1: different than when you're in college and can't can't get a winner I remember I would go up to you and Sema in college too I'd be like so how are your bets going you both like don't ask yep going going south the one and oh man if Andrew was here
3: The one that we still to this day, oh man, we bet on, this was in like, yeah, so this was probably 2018-ish. So this was like the Thunder, who at the time when we bet them, didn't, we didn't know like one of the, like maybe Russ wasn't playing or something. So we had bet like Thunder minus six, no, Thunder minus five. We needed them to win by six. They're up by six at the end of the game, and Anthony Fucking Morrow hits a half quarter to lose by three instead of instead of them winning by six. And I was covering, and I'll never ever forget that. Anthony Morrow is on your dead list now. Anthony Morrow, oh, dude. And it was the worst. That was like back when you were just watching it on the game cast on ESPN. And you just see Anthony Morrow makes three-point shot end of game. And it's like, no.
0: Oh,
3: my God. That is the worst. Dude, it was brutal. Absolutely terrible. But, yeah, (laughs) things have been going good now. It's just like I'll try to, like, actually track it so I don't – I know if I'm actually winning or losing and just so it doesn't get – out of hand or anything like that so it's been it's been good so far so
1: can't complain good stuff so before we get into the actual uh pick em part of the show uh i heard you telling me and dj before the show got on that you and your buddies got on a little uh little streak on a very interesting sport why don't you tell us a little bit about that that's right shout out to my my two
3: guys mitchell Sitzman and tyler borchers uh we've been on a nice little heater in the uh KHL if you guys aren't familiar with the KHL that'd be the Continental Hockey League over in Russia area I believe (laughs) Uh and uh, we've been on a little bit of a heater in that league turns out if you bet the under and the favorite it's usually what ends up winning in that league so we've uh, we've been doing okay just been uh, a fun little run but the best part about it is (laughs) they play at like nine in the morning and 11 in the morning our time so we'll just be at work refreshing DraftKings, checking to see what the score is of the KHL game, and winning a little money while you're at
1: work is always kind of nice. Oh, that's that's funny. Uh, well, DJ, are you ready to dive into some uh some picks here? Let's get to it. All right. So Paulson has been advising the rules, but just a refresher for the viewers at home: he gets five units per game. He can disperse it. However, he wants. He can do two on the spread, two on the money line, one on the over-under. He can do five on just one thing, or he doesn't have to use all five units at all. So if we are ready, let's get into our first game of the pick'em. Our first game is going to be <clears throat> the final four game happening this Saturday, April 3rd. It is either going to be at 5 p.m. or 8:30 p.m. on CBS between number one seed Baylor against two seed Houston. The line right now is set at Baylor minus five and an over under of 135 and a half. Uh, DJ, you want to get into some trends a little bit here and then I'll dive into some players we can make our picks?
2: Yeah. So we have two teams that, I mean, they're just built to cover spreads. Uh, Baylor's 18 and 10 this season at covering the spread. They're 12 and five on the road, uh, three and two in their last five. Houston, kind of same way. They're 20 and 10 at covering the spread, and they're 10 and 6 on the road and also 3 and 2 in their last five. And then over unders, Baylor loves it over 17 and 11 on the year. Uh, They're 10 and 7 on the road. They clamp up a little bit more on the road, don't score as much. And then 7 and 3 at hitting overs in their last 10. Houston's 14 and 16 this season, 7 and 9 on the road and 2 and 3 in their last five. And these teams have so many players and you kind of saw them on display last game, but Kyle, why don't you get into a couple of those guys that we should be watching out for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for Baylor, first of all, if Cade Cunningham doesn't win big 12 player of the year, he's gonna, but if he doesn't, then this guy's gonna, and that's Jared Butler. This dude's been on an absolute heat streak so far this year, averaging 16 and a half points per game and shooting 40% from three. And then for Houston, you got Quentin Grimes, who's averaging 18 points per game and 5.8 rebounds. So I'll get started with the picks, I guess. So looking at that over under, you're saying uh, 135 and a half is saying each team's going to score around 75 points. And Houston just does not like to score points, but they're really, really solid defensively. But I don't bet under. So I'm staying away from the over under. I really, really like Baylor minus five minus five. So that's what I think I'm going to go with. Kyle,
2: I don't know how you're an accountant because 75 plus 75 is 150. So I don't know where you're getting this math from. 65,
1: 65, <laughs> yikes!
2: I heard 75 plus 75, and I'm doing it quick in my head. I'm just like, no, no, that, that's not adding up. But hey, he's sick. I'm that. I'm a He's sick right now, people. So he gets a break. He, you know, he gets to use that sick card. So we'll allow it. Uh, But no, you're right on Baylor minus five. I've really hated on Houston. I just think they're fake. I think they play in a bad conference. And they've just proved me wrong every single step of the way. They've kind of embarrassed me. And it all started when I bet on them. They were like minus 15. I bet on them. They lost by like eight. And ever since then, I've hated them. But they got some athletes. They got some dudes. But Baylor showed out last game they showed that that Mitchell kid. Oh my gosh. They got that Mitchell. They got that T they got Butler. None of them are related to anybody in the NBA. The names all sound the same, not related. I've done the, I've done the research, Um, but no, I'm going Baylor minus five all day, every day.
3: Yep. I like that. I like right where you were, uh, right where you were going with that. Uh, The one thing, Kyle, I got to point out, you don't bet unders dude. Come on. Unders are where the money's at. I'm not, You got to hop on like a live under. Did you see the Sweet 16 first, uh, what was there, eight games? The first six of them went under. Big Cat always says life's too short to bet the under, but sometimes that's where the money's at. But um, I think everybody's going to be on the over for this game, thus making me like the under that much more. So I think my first pick, I'm going to start out, I'm going to take two of my five units and I'm going to go – two units on the under 135, 136 on DraftKings right now. So whatever that ends up at, I think I'm going to take two units on that. Ah, the, I hate the minus five. I wish I, I wish the four and a half. I hate when you have the minus five needing the six. It feels like six at the end of a close game is always like somebody, like look at Oregon State last night. Shout out to Oregon State, by the way. Hell my, yeah. My, my national champion. Oh, I had their money line and their spread four the, of their seven games, the last seven. And oh, my gosh, just just shout out to Oregon State. I love you guys. But I'm still going to I'm with you guys. I'm going to have to ride with Baylor and I'm going to I'm going to have three units, the rest of my three on Baylor minus five as well.
2: I, I've never almost cried at a sporting event other than when the Cubs won the World Series. But when Oregon State chose not to foul at the end of the game, I was damn close, man. Oh my, I couldn't. They hit that stupid ass three that had no business hitting. And then they didn't foul. I was like, yes. yes,
3: yes." I was just standing screaming to my TV. I was just like, go to the rim. (laughs) Just go to the rim and lay it in. No one's going to guard you. Just cover. But yeah, that guy put up a prayer. And man, (laughs) it was answering. Great teams cover because Oregon State, baby, seven straight mad respect mad respect yeah mad respect is right that was that was a hell of a run
1: all right let's uh let's transition into some nba so we got a really good game in the nba between the mavericks and the celtics we have a game time of six thirty p.m on espn uh tonight march 31st uh no line for this game yet. The previous game line, they had Celtics minus two and a half and an over-under at 222 and a half. Uh, this is the second matchup of the season between these two teams. Dallas did win the first matchup, 110 to 107. Uh, something to note about these two teams. For the Mavericks, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is out due to COVID protocols, and J.J. Redick is out because of a heel inflammation. And the Celtics, you got Jalen Brown, who's questionable with a hip contusion. He did miss the last game they played. So, just some injuries to keep in mind when uh, looking at this game. But, uh, DJ, why don't we cover some trends a little bit for these two teams?
2: Yep. And I don't think the line's posted because of that Jalen Brown. Obviously, if he plays, it's going to be so – Celtics probably going to be favored if he doesn't. So, that's why the line hasn't come out yet. And, again – this is why our picks are temporary on the podcast and we do allow our pickers to change once lines are official, but yeah, getting into some spreads. I mean, these are two teams that just aren't good at covering, uh, frankly, the Mavericks are 21 and 24 against the spread this season. They're 13, 11 on the road, three and two in their last five Celtics. Aren't much better. They're 22 and 25 on the season, they are 12 and nine at home, which gives you some hope. And then three and two against the spread in their last five. And then over underwise, not much. Uh, the Mavericks are 20 and 25 at hitting the over, 11 and 13 on the road, and two and three in their last five. The Celts are 25 and 22 at hitting the over on the season, 10 and 11 at home, and three and two in their last five. Uh, now we do have but I would consider two of the youngest and most talented players in the league. I know some people want to hate on my boy Tatum, Uh, but yeah, we got two super young, super talented dudes. Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us about them a little bit?
1: Yeah, you nailed it, DJ. These are two uh, young stars who are going to be the future of the NBA and are going to be like leading teams for several, several seasons to come. So for the Celtics, you got Jason Tatum, me and DJ's favorite guy. Averaging 25.3 points per game and 6.8 rebounds. And for the Mavericks, you got Luka, Luka Doncic averaging 28 and a half points per game, 8.1 rebounds, and nine assists. So he's having just an unbelievable year. So, like we said, it's hard to talk about this game without a line posted right now. But if it's fairly close to the other game line where Celtics are minus two and a half and an over-under of 222 and a half, I think that although they're not very good at covering overs, I do think the over would hit for this game with uh, most of their starters playing. So I'm going to take the over fairly close to 222 and a half.
2: Yeah. Good call there. Uh, I think my boy Marcus Smart is going to clamp Donatich, which he's not. It's like when Iguodala won the, <laughs> he won the MVP for allowing LeBron to score like 30 points. <laughs> LeBron averaged almost a triple-double. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I can just go on for days. But, no, shout-out to Luca for basically averaging a triple-double. Super impressive. I think Marcus Smart slows him down a little bit. If Jalen Brown plays, the Celtics are a lock. They're going to win this game at home. Give me the Celtics all day. I don't care if they're minus 2.5. I'm only going up to minus 4.5, though. If they're 5, I don't want them. But if they're minus 4.5 or less, I am all in on the Celtics. If Jalen Brown plays. There's a lot of ifs going on here, but that is what I'm going with.
3: Absolutely. All right, oh, man. So, you, so it's in Boston, right? You said it was in Boston? Yes, yep. sir. Okay. Oh, makes me lean to the Celtics. But God, like I said before, I told you guys I am so bad with the NBA. I'm literally just thinking what, what was my first initial thought because I'm just going to do the opposite of that because usually my first initial thought on the NBA is always wrong. So in that scenario, I think you said the, other, the last line was minus two-ish. Two and yeah. a half. two and a half for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if that lines like minus three or four to Boston, I would like to take the Mavs plus four ish, and I think I would do. I'll do two and a half units on that, and uh, and I'll I'll just do I'll just do a unit on the over. And I don't want I don't want to do too much on the NBA game because I'll get burned bad and be out of the race.
2: The NBA is just stupid to bet this year. Like with I, Giannis, didn't play last week. He didn't play, and the Bucks put up 140. Does anyone want to explain that to me? Dude, yeah. There's a there's
3: like this crazy thing like. When, it, when a team plays without their best player, they somehow just manage to play better. And it, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's talk about another NBA game then. So we got another really good matchup tonight at 9 p.m. on ESPN. We have the Bucs and the Lakers. The current line right now is Bucks minus eight with an over-under of 223.5. Pretty significant injuries, though. For the Bucs, uh, P.J. Tucker is questionable with a calf injury. And for the Bucks, uh Bobby Portis is questionable because of quarantine. But the Lakers, man, oh, my goodness. LeBron, as DJ put, the GOAT James, is out with an ankle injury. And Anthony Davis is out with an Achilles injury. I mean, that's just killer for the Lakers. So, uh, DJ, why don't you talk about some trends a little bit here?
2: I just want to say I always do these super subtle things like in our script report that we write up just to have a general idea of what we're going to talk about. Like I'll always put, I'll never just put LeBron James. Never. I will always throw in the goat there. Uh, I always do the stupid shit like that just cause I don't know. I'm weird. But anyway, uh, the bucks uh, not good at covering the spread on the road or at all this season. They've been what Milwaukee fans would call a disappointment. I mean, Giannis is back-to-back MVP, and they haven't built around them at all, but I'm going to stop myself before I get on that tangent. Anyway, Bucks 20 and 26 at covering the spread this season, 7 and 14 on the road, and 1 and 4 in their last five. Lakers haven't been much better, 21 and 25 at covering the spread this year, uh, 10 and 15 at home, which is just embarrassing, and probably due to the recent injuries, 1 and 4 in their last five. Now, over-unders is kind of – Opposites here. The Bucks really good at hitting overs, twenty-seven and eighteen on the season, twelve and eight on the road, and four and one in their last five. Lakers completely flip side, sixteen and thirty at hitting overs this season, eleven and fifteen at home, and one and four in their last five. Uh, now for players, we got some what would be called the back-to-back MVP, and then. What we thought we would have is in the goat, uh, but we obviously he's injured. So Kyle, get into get in the stats there. What do we got?
1: Yeah, DJ. So for the Bucks, obviously you got Giannis, just having an unbelievable season this year, averaging twenty eight point four points per game, eleven point four rebounds, six point three assists. I mean, having an MVP type of year right now. But for the Lakers, I mean, most people would say you got to talk about LeBron. You got to talk about Anthony Davis. Both those guys are out. So the player that We're gonna say you need to check out is Dennis Schroeder, who's right now averaging 15 and a half points per game, 3.5 rebounds and 4.9 assists. So this game's gonna be really, really interesting. Now, with LeBron and Anthony Davis out, the obvious move most people would think is to go Bucks here. But the NBA is just so weird. I'm gonna do something really, really crazy here. I'm gonna take Lakers money line. Wow, Kyle, you caught me off guard. Whoa,
2: I was just expecting you to say spread, but no, you went with the money line. Money line. I, I, wow, I went kind of the same logic. I eight points is a lot to lay in the NBA. You get double digits in the NBA, that's a ton. Like people don't realize it because in college you see these crazy spreads, but most NBA spreads are under ten points. The the Bucks haven't been good at covering the spread on the road. They've been kind of embarrassing. I mean, 7 and 14, that's that's awful. I know the Lakers are missing a lot of pieces, aka LeBron and AD, but I'm I'm going to jump on the Lakers plus 8 at home. I don't even know about the over under because they're so polar opposites. Like what happens? You know, you have AD and LeBron's offense, but you're missing out on AD's defense. There's too many question marks there. Uh but I, I I think the Bucks win, but I think the Lakers are going to cover. So I'm I'm rolling with the Lake Show plus eight. I don't know the Goon Squad is going to be out there because they ain't got nobody. I mean, you're going to have Harold Schrader, Schrader, whatever his name is. It's it's going to be ugly, but they're going to cover eight. Hopefully, cross my fingers. All right, Paulson, what are
1: we
3: thinking here? All right, my bad, I thought it was going back to you. Um, all right, so I, I like what where your guys' logic is at because yes, everybody and their dog is seeing LeBron and AD are out. Let me get the Bucks and the points all day. In this scenario, I, I don't think that's a horrible play, but I'm gonna switch it up here where I think the easier play and the better value is, is I'm gonna take the Bucks first half, whatever that is, what it, probably four, four and a half-ish, whatever that if it's at like eight right now you said yep yeah so i'm gonna take bucks first half minus whatever and i'm gonna put three units on that and then i'm gonna use my other two units and i am gonna go on whatever the lakers team total is give me the under give me the under on the lakers team total for two units whatever that number ends up being i like it that's my five on
1: that one DJ, yeah. I don't know if we've had a, a first half or a team bet in the guest pick them before. So I,
2: I was just going to say that shout out to Tyler here for mixing it up. You know, most people are just going to stick to the basics, but no, he, he's a real capper, man. He's a real capper. He's going to do something that gets it done. It's a genius idea. And yeah, I hope it works out. Just trying to get these angles. <laughs> I,
1: I, I like it. I like it a lot. Now boys. This Thursday, baseball is back. I mean, obviously, oh, yes. there's a no lot training going on, Hell but, yes. but baseball is back. I am pumped for it. So, the last two games we're picking are going to be uh, two baseball games, one for me and DJ's favorite team, one for Tyler's favorite team. So, let's get right to it. The first baseball game we're going to talk about is the Pirates and the Cubs. Game time is set for 1.20 p.m. Who knows what channel it's going to be on because the Cubs are always blacked out. <laughs> Uh, the lines right now we have uh the Cubs are money line is minus two ten. The Pirates money line is plus one eighty. There is no over under set right now. Uh, DJ, what do we get? Who are the uh, probable pitchers for the game? Yeah, so
2: the Pirates are not starting their best pitcher. Their best pitcher is Mitch Keller, which I don't know if you guys know, but he is from Iowa. He went to Cedar Rapids Xavier, Uh, but he's not starting for them. But he is their first in their rotation. But they're starting Chad Cool. Not good. Just if we're gonna get be blunt about it, last year he was two and three with the four point two seven ERA. Then we got some kind of advanced stats. I'm huge into baseball, so this was very simple for me to go to my main websites. Uh, so against the Cubs, the hit the Cubs hitters against Chad Kuhl, Kuhl, whatever the hell his name is, uh, they have thirty nine hits in one hundred and twenty three at bats, which that is a three seventeen average, very solid average. Uh, they've hit six dingers and 18 runs scored on him. Uh, and then on the flip side, Chad Kuh- Kuhl, when he plays the Cubs, he has a two and six record and his team's record in those games. Cause obviously sometimes you don't get the decision. His team record in those games is four and seven. His ERA is 5.8 whip is 1.772. I mean, this is just terrible. The over is six and five when he pitches. And then for the Cubs, the man, one of the most underrated pitchers in the league. No one talks about him, and it pisses me off. Kyle, the professor Hendricks. Uh, he didn't have a great season last year, record wise, six and five. But he did have a two point eight eight ERA, and he doesn't batting average wise. He does give up a lot of hits. So Pirates hitters against the uh, against Kyle Hendricks, they have thirty nine hits in one hundred twenty nine at bats, which is a three oh two average but they've only scored 13 runs. So those numbers are pretty much the same. Uh, And Kuhl's given up 18 uh, versus the professor who's given up 13. And then Hendricks against the Pirates. He has a six and eight record. His team record is eight and 11. He has a 3.1 ERA and the over is nine and 10 in those games. And then kind of a crazy trend that I found while doing my due diligence or research uh, the Cubs, when games are played at Chicago over the last three seasons, are 11 and one against the Pirates. I, I've watched a lot of Cubs games. No, I, I would have never guessed that. 11 and one is insane. Uh, in those games, the over under is seven and five. Uh, Kyle, I know there's a lot of superstars. Well, not really for the Pirates, but I know the Cubs have a lot of superstars in my eyes, at least. But anyway, what are some players we should look out for?
1: Now, when I say this, I don't say this because I absolutely despise the Pirates. I'm being serious. It was hard trying to find a player to watch for the Pirates. It was. But for the Pirates, uh, the guy to watch is Todd Frazier. Last year, he had a 241 uh, batting average with 11 runs scored. For the Cubs, there's a lot of superstars to watch. But the guy I want people to keep an eye on is Wilson Contreras. He's average. He had a, a 243 batting average with seven home runs and 26 RBIs last season. Um the pirates can eat my shorts cubs money line
2: yeah <laughs> i like it um so i'm what i consider myself an expert in mlb betting uh, every other sport i'm very bad at mba terrible nfl probably the worst uh, but mlb is my shit i mean i've paid rent with my mlb betting i'll just well, i'll stop there Uh, So I like first five bets. First fives are are the most predictable. And you're going to hear this, start hearing this a lot. Uh, And so with the Cubs first five, I'm going to take the Cubs first five minus 0.5. So basically the Cubs have to win the first five innings by a run. Uh, And my logic here, Kyle Hendricks is amazing. Uh, He's going to shut him down. He's looked great. He's got super control. He's a pitcher whose stuff is going to be there from game one. So I don't think the Pirates score a single run in the first five innings. Now, the Cubs, on the other hand, have a lot of dudes who can hit a dinger. So I'm thinking one of them pops one out. Cubs win 1-0 in the first five. So that's what I'm going with. That's my specialty. I'm going to stick to it. Boom. I
3: like it. I like it. Who – what was the name of the Pirates pitcher did you say again? I'm sorry to ask again.
2: Chad Kuhl. K-U-H-L.
3: And he was the one you were talking about all those stats, right?
2: Yeah, uh yeah, against the, he's 2 and 6 against the Cubs. Yeah. 5.8 yeah. ERA. It's not one, looking good.
3: <laughs> yeah, this one to me seems easy so I'll end up getting burned. But whatever the Cubs team total ends up being, I'm putting 5 units on over. Give me whatever the Cubs team total is because they want you to think the over, but the problem is the Pirates might not score a run. <laughs> so that might hurt the over under. So whatever the Cubs team total, 5 units over. I like that. I like that a lot. Yep. I think that's the play there. Opening day, they're gonna get the bats rolling, like you guys said. They're gonna kick the shit out of the Pirates. I'm if the over under is gonna be about what seven, eight, nine ish.
1: Yeah. I would assume so. I bet
3: their team total is probably three and a half, four and a half, and either way, give me the over.
2: Yep. So I uh, tracked their history. It was like a game was at eight and a half, another game was at nine and a half, and then another at nine. So I mean, you're looking right in that range. Yep. But you you said it perfectly. I don't know if Hendrix has given up a run of these goons and this dude's given up 5.8 in, in like an, on average to every start. That's great play. And yeah, the Cubs the Cubs whole lineup is due for a bounce back year. Wilson Contreras last year sucked. Javi Bias sucked. Chris Bryant sucked. Um Anthony Rizzo sucked. The only good player was Ian Happ. So, and now they got Jock the man Peterson who had Eight dingers in spring training, y'all. Eight dingers that will never uh, make up for the loss of Kyle Schwarber, which I love dearly and I will never forget. I love you, Kyle. Anyway, so I still think the Cubs putting up a shitload of runs. Great play there. Let's run it back to the next game. What do we got, Kyle?
1: Yes, sir. So the last game is Mr. Paulson's favorite team. Uh, the Rangers taking on the Royals. Game time set for three ten Central Time. The current line uh, have the Royals' favorite at minus 165. The Rangers are underdogs at plus 145 and an over-under at nine. Uh, DJ, who are the probable pitchers for the game?
2: So we got the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Gibson. I've always loved him because um, he's just a grit and grind guy. Not good stats, though. So last year he went 2-6 and six with a 5.35 ERA. Uh, so the Royals against Kyle Gibson, not looking good. Uh, 45 hits and 192 at bats, which is a 234 average. Uh, they've hit nine dingers and they've scored 28 runs. Uh, Gibson against the Royals very well, though. It, it kind of it's not the same as the Royals against them, because uh, basically what the one stat is, is the hitters that play for the Royals currently, what their you know, stats are against him. And then the other stat is him when he plays the the team of the Royals. Uh, So it is a little different, but he has a nine and five record. And that goes back to when he played for the twins. Uh, He faced them a lot, obviously, but a 3.7 ERA, 1.287 whip, a team record. So when he pitches, the team is 16 and six over is 12 and eight. And then for the Royals, they got Brad Keller and I, the Royals have so many good young pitchers that no one knows about. Brady Singer, Brad Keller. There's one other guy I'm forgetting. God, um, oh, it's going to make me mad that I can't think of his name. They got Danny Duffy's so underrated. Um, okay, whatever. I'm cutting myself off there. Anyway, uh, Brad Keller is 5-3 and three last year with a 2.47 ERA. Uh, not a good sample size for Rangers hitters against Brad Keller. Three hits and 17 at-bats, a one seven, six batting average, uh, two runs. And then Brad Keller against the Rangers, he made one start, gave up three runs and seven innings, so he's got a 3.86 ERA. 0-1 record. Uh, the over is 0-1. Uh, but I have looked at the Royals' lineup today. They got some dudes, but what do we got players to watch, Kyle?
1: So first of all, for the Rangers, this is a guy I don't know if I've ever heard of, but he had some pretty decent stats last year. And that is Isaiah Kiner-Falifa. Oh, yeah. He had a a 280 batting average with 27 runs and 23 RBIs. And then for the Royals, you got Whit Merrifield, who had a 282 batting average with nine home runs and 38 total runs. So I might start changing my philosophy about betting unders with baseball. It might be a thing. Nine runs seems like a lot for how good these two pitchers are against like the current teams and stuff like that. I'm going to go under nine runs.
2: I like it, Kyle. Switching up your philosophy, branching out, you know, I like that. Uh, so yeah, for me, basically, I think, I think the Royals they're young and they got a lot of talent. Uh, I don't know if they'll put it together this year and their division's really tough. we we'll, we got into that earlier in the podcast, uh, but I think the Royals' money line is actually a solid bet. The Rangers are trash. Their pitching staff is embarrassing. Kyle Gibson's – if Kyle Gibson's your number one pitcher, you have problems. That's all I'm going to say. Whereas the Royals have, like I said, a crazy young staff. I'm really excited to see how they end up doing this year. And hitters, like I, I did some research today. They got some dudes. I mean, uh, Witt, obviously, Jorge Soler uh Salvador Perez who's the they got somebody new that I didn't realize they had and oh, I should have uh, Ben attendee from Yep. Fox. yep that's who it was I saw him I was like oh okay that's a good get yeah oh for sure so the Royals here's what you're gonna get out of the Royals they're gonna play fundamental defense they're gonna hit they're gonna hit in smart situations they're not gonna try and hit dingers you know Jorge Soler is gonna try and hit dingers but he's the only one everyone else can hit for average Salvador Perez just got locked up to a big deal I see the Royals winning this one, easy money. And minus 160, it may seem like a lot to people who are uneducated about betting baseball, but that's not as big of a favorite as you would think. It's minus 160, right? Oh, minus 165, whatever. I'm all in on the Royals. Let's go. Brad Keller is a beast. He's going to light them up. And I don't think the Rangers might score a couple, uh, but the Royals are going to light it up. I think the Royals put up like five to six.
3: Yep, I like it. I'm going to follow in your guys' footsteps, I think. Um, I'm going to go with two units on the under with you there, Kyle. I agree. I think I think Keller comes out and pitches a good game to start. I bet those first few innings, low scoring, 0-0 zero, zero going into the fourth, fifth inning. So I'll take my chances on them not scoring 10 in the last five innings. So give me two units on the under, and then I just got to pay homage, pay homage to my other, my Royals on this one, and just go my last three units. I'm actually gonna go minus one and a half because that'll pay Ooh. out. Little, that'll pay out a little juice, I think. If they're minus one sixty, yeah, it'll be close. It might give a little plus, but uh, I'm gonna go three units on Royals minus one and a half to get the year started on a nice note, and then disappoint me at the
0: end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good.
1: Ah. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, Paulson. It was so so good to have you on. We're glad you're able to join us. Do you have any like uh, like a Twitter handle you want to give to our viewers out there if they want to follow you or anything like that? I know your I know your Twitter's locked now, so I didn't know if that's something you want to give out anymore. Yeah,
3: sure. You can still follow me on Twitter? My handle's T Paulson the number one, and then I spell out the three because in high school I must have thought that was cool or something. <laughs> Just following like KD Trey Five, I think back in the day is what I found that from, but. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, but I appreciate you guys having me on. This was
1: a blast. Yeah, no, it was it was great just catching up with you again, just talking some some sports. And I hope we can I hope we can do it again sometime. Maybe we'll uh, we'll meet up we'll meet at Bockers or something like that. Ah, the,
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Bockers. That sounds good. Hopefully these picks go well, and I'll have to come back and maybe I'll be the one seed or something crazy. Who knows? Just just make top eight. That's all you need, man. Yeah, exactly. Just can't be as bad as Polk, I guess.
1: (laughs) Polk might be coming on for for a redemption round, me and D.J. have been talking about. We'll see see what happens, but he might be coming back for a redemption round because, I mean, he just got absolutely just screwed over by a bunch of them. He had Bucks money line, and the Bucks were terrible. I think Giannis had, like, 15 points or something like that, and he was awful. And then he bet five units on the Islanders against, uh, I think, the Flyers.
2: Pittsburgh. The Penguins. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mm.
1: and he did that merely because he was an Islanders fan. So, I mean, I think he might be coming back for a redemption, but we'll see about that. But, yeah, so glad we could have you on, dude. It was great to catch up with you again. Thank you.
3: Remind me if Polk comes back on so I can fade those and make some money.
2: (laughs) I got one kind of weird story. It's probably like 85% maybe true, but in Little League, we were playing, and I was playing Tyler Paulson, and everyone told me this guy threw hard. I got in the box. They told me he was a little wild, but he throws hard. I got in the box and first pitch straight to the ankle. And you know that bone part of your ankle? It hit that part. And I let out a noise that I've never let out in my life. I still don't know if I could reciprocate that noise, if I could make it again. But it was just a ball hitting bone at an insane speed. And I was like, ah! <laughs> And so, I, oh yeah. Man.
3: I actually remember that. And holy cow, Yeah. <laughs> That thing was coming hard and coming low, and that was right to the ankle bone, dude. Oh, I could only imagine. It wasn't as bad as uh, Kyle. You'll know this, but uh, Charlie Ellis, I freaking beamed him in the head one time in, in one of our Little League games, so I guess ankle or head, it, take your pick,
2: but yeah, it was a little wild back in the day. You were either gonna get struck out by Tyler, or you were gonna get hit. One
3: yeah, of the we're two. We're gonna take your base and be able to go try to score
1: if I threw a pass ball. <laughs> See, I'm surprised, DJ. You didn't take that shot to the ankle and then storm the mound or something like that. Yeah, you should have. I would. I was in. I like
2: tried to jump out of the way, you know, and then I just like boom right on the bone. I'm like whoa, and then I like I said, let out some crazy animalistic noise, and then I was just trying to process the situation, like. I went in there like hoping not to die and I was just had to figure out if I was dead yet or like what was going on. Uh, But no, definitely made me more of a ball player. So shout out Tyler for just throwing straight heat. I mean, Strasburg before Strasburg, Chapman before Chapman.
3: Exactly. At the age of 12, just out there.
1: Oh,
2: God. all righty well to wrap up our show our daily lock articles are on the coda sports cappers network my record on my lock articles is like one in seven i just did one the other day lost in a shootout uh my other bets are always good lock articles never hit so just a warning fade my lock articles folks fade them uh also you can check us out at feud gambling uh, for our, me and Kyle's Pick'Em Contest, as we covered earlier in the show, I took home this month and that'll be three straight months in a row. I've taken down the comb dog. Uh, I still believe he's got a chance. Uh, I'm just I'm just on fire betting the NHL. So what can I say? Uh, I still believe in Kyle. He's got a lot of time left. Uh, check out our next podcast next Wednesday. Uh, we'll drop another one with another guest picker. We're thinking it's going to be the Roman Freckine, uh, who reigns from uh, the Northwest Iowa area as well. He's a former umpire, uh, and then the whole COVID thing kind of screwed him. So, yeah, check out that. Uh, he'll be here, and I'm sure he'll have some interesting takes, as he always does. And then our buddies Pace and Brandon have their podcast. It's called Mount Lockmore. Might be one of the best podcast names I've ever heard. Uh, so, yeah, Mount Lod. Lockmore podcast. It's going to be on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And then you can check out our other capper social media. We got Coda Capper Pace at B Rust35, at Pumba Cakes. Ooh, not capes. Pumba Cakes. Oof. And then at Campbell D Josh. And then our specific Twitters at DJLO4422.
1: And bring it home, Kyle. What do you got? as always my twitter name at comb that's been that since i first got twitter so give me a follow for sure but yeah exciting episode next week be sure to check it out
0: yes sir kyle and dj on the mic gambling feud partner with coldest sports gambling network hitting bets, Hittin bets. Hittin checks Next. Make it next. I bet, let's say some bets Locks on, locks on, locks on locks Locks on, locks on, locks on locks I do need the keys when I get the locks Hitting them wagers, lacking my pacer Doing it major LA Lakers Locks on, locks on, locks on locks Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks I need the keys when I get the like, locks Getting them wages like I'm a pacer, doing it major, L.A. Lakers.